Welcome, everyone, to episode three of the World Crap Podcast. Uh, unfortunately, this one doesn't have any working titles or sponsorships. People, people have learned their lessons by now. I'm your host, Bill DeFilippo, joined as always by my two partners in crime, Cameron Victor and Jacob Price. Gentlemen, how you doing? Pretty good. Excellent, Bill. Awesome, awesome. Uh, pretty, pretty America-heavy episode of the pod tonight. We're going to talk very quickly about the national team beating Nigeria. Uh, our group previews, we're going to touch on Group H, which, as we talked about a little bit before, uh, we started started this episode of the podcast. We do not want to do. So we're going to fly through that and get right into Group G, uh, the United States group in this World Cup. Going to look at all three of the matches that the United States are going to be playing and, of course, our tweet bag. So Jacob's ready, Cameron's ready, I'm ready. Let's get right into this. The United States played against Nigeria this weekend in lovely Jacksonville, Florida, winning 2-1 with both goals coming from Josie Altador. Jacob hit it. Okay, go ahead, Bill. Josie Altador, two goals. It was... Fantastic. The first goal was just a little tap-in. The second goal was the kind of goal that we saw Josie score a lot during qualifying, during his little hot streak, where he would just take a ball down, he would be he would just out-physical defender, and then just blast one from the edge of the box. Uh, Nigeria got their goal in a pretty similar way that Turkey got theirs with a penalty, right, penalty kick at the very end of the match. Um, it was, for my money, the most impressive the United States was. Uh, a lot of the match, the goal was to Howard, Matt Beasler and Jeff Cameron in the center, Demarcus Beasley on the left, Fabian Johnson on the right. Midfield, uh, two holding midfielders, which is very interesting, we'll talk about. Jermaine Jones and Kyle Beckerman, Clint Dempsey lining up on the left, Michael Bradley in the middle, and Alejandro Bedoya starting on the right, and Jersey Alphador starting as the lone forward. It was a 4-5-1 formation. It was a great match. We're going to go through it really quickly because we have a lot to get to today. Cameron, what was your biggest takeaway from this match? If if it's just Josie, it's just Josie. If there's something else, go for it. It really is just Josie. It, I find it absolutely astonishing that a simple goal can do can turn Josie from a kid who looks worse than a 14-year-old to a kid who, or to a, to a man who can rip the ball into the back of the net like he did for that second goal. Um, that's that's one of the big mysteries of soccer for me is, is how things can turn on a dime for a player like that. And if, if that is the goal that gets, if those, if those are the two goals, rather, that get Josie scoring in the World Cup consistently in the group, hey, that's fantastic. Jacob, what about yourself? Yeah, it's it's the same thing. Um, and the first goal wasn't anything spectacular on Josie's part. It was a really good team built up, build up, but you kind of saw a change in his demeanor after that one finally went in. And he can feed us bullshit all he wants. It didn't it didn't affect me at all. I still have plenty of confidence. But no, because the Josie the Josie that played in the the prior two friendlies doesn't take the doesn't do any of the things that led up to that second goal. Doesn't you know pull it back like that and isn't looking to score. He's taking that ball outside and waiting for someone else to show up so he can cross it into him. It changed the way he played, and you know when he's playing that way, he can be a really really dominant player. Yeah, and a lot of the United States' success in this World Cup, whether or not it's able to get out of the group of death and maybe win a match or two against, say, Belgium, who they would likely play if they were the runner-up in the group of death, is 
what is Josie Altador going to be able to do? And for months leading up to this, whether it was at Sunderland or whether it was with the United States, Josie Altador wasn't doing anything. But his first goal, you you even saw, and this is the thing that really impressed me with Josie, he scores that first goal, and I don't know about you guys, but if I was a heavily scrutinized athlete, and I finally, finally did the thing that I had needed to do after December, January, February, March, April, May, seven months, I would Crunch be ecstatic. Count. Yeah, I, I crossed <laughs> out with the fans to the refs. Like fire, fireworks, sunglasses, the whole nine yards. Josie Altador, he just has this stoic look on his face. And that's good because you could see, like at that point, you could just see Josie, he, he knew it was over. And he wasn't going to get too riled up about it. He wasn't going to let it, it affect how he played in a negative way. But then he just lit. That second goal was perfect. That was the kind of thing we need out of Josie Altidore. I mean, he took advantage of the fact that he's 13 feet tall and 3,000 pounds and just <laughs> used that defender. It was beautiful. Uh, anything else that you guys really have to take away from this match? Um, I really only think of two little things that I would want to say, but anything else you guys want to say before we jump into the other stuff we have planned? I think um, interesting to see... Beckerman and Jones used together and not in a 4-2-3-1, which was kind of what had the Twitter sphere buzz when we saw the lineup. It was, oh, it's a 4-2-3-1. Well, no, it was still a diamond. It was still the same formation, just using Jones on the left, and it worked. Um, there was a lot of good buildup. It allows a little more flexibility through the midfield there. Um, I don't, I'm still not sold on Beckerman's defensive qualities, uh, so we'll see see that how how. We'll see how that holds up, but I think that is the formation we'll see against Ghana. Outside of that, I thought it was a pretty pretty solid performance. Um, definitely their, their best performance of the three friendlies. Yeah, like Jacob said, best performance of the three friendlies. Uh, I think there were some really good things to take out of it. Um, obviously, I, I, was, I was really impressed with the way Kyle Beckerman played. Um, and, and I think that if he brings that level of play to the World Cup and can be a bit more uh, assertive in his style than having him at the base of that diamond and, and Jones as one of the energetic shuttlers, which is what he likes to do as a box-to-box player anyways, uh, is only going to make Michael Bradley's job a lot easier. And like we saw against Nigeria, when Michael Bradley has a pretty easy job to do, I mean, he's fantastic at it. Absolutely. I mean, that, that was one of the things I was going to say, just letting Jermaine Jones, I mean, that's kind of the one complaint that everyone's always had of playing Jones and Bradley together. Bradley is at his best when he wants, he's able to get forward and impact the game on both halves of the pitch, but that's also Jermaine Jones's game, and while he doesn't do it as well as Bradley, that's what he's comfortable doing. So he needs to be put in a position where he can do that, and that is possible with Kyle Beckerman back there, because he knows exactly what he needs to do. Uh, the only other thing that I wanted to mention, and if this happens at all during the World Cup, I, I'm the biggest Jurgen Klinsmann supporter on the planet. I will be 100% against him. If we go with three center backs again, with Jeff <laughs> with Mike, Matt Bezor, and with Omar Gonzalez, I will be furious. Because you can just tell the three guys had no idea what was going on. Like. Omar Gonzalez is basically standing around, like, making fart noises with his tongue, just trying <laughs> to figure out who he's supposed to be marking, and it led directly to the goal. But really, other than that, I mean, there's not much we could say. Um, 
if you thought that segment was fast, we're about to do our Group H preview, and this is going to be terrible, because this group is Belgium, Algeria, Russia, and South Korea. Belgium has a chance to maybe make some noise, maybe get, maybe get to the semifinal if one or two things go their way, and the other three are just brutal. Like, if the United States got drawn into this, they'd be moving on to the knockout round, no questions asked. So, guys, what do you think is going to happen in this outside of Belgium's going to win the group? Which I think we're all in agreement is going to happen. Jacob? Yeah, I probably would take Belgium to win the group. I think Algeria is a better team than it was four years ago, and it almost almost beat the U.S. Um, they might provide some resistance. So, you know, there could be some good games that come out of this, but... Yeah, the World Cup winner's not coming from here. Um, Russia, they're not fun to watch. Is about the highest compliment I can play them, pay them, and it's only going to get worse um, with the loss of uh, Shurikov. South Korea, South, their, their best players are their wingers, um, and Belgium's weakness is its fullbacks, so I think that, that duality right there will result in a pretty good game between South Korea and Belgium. I can see those two, you know, be playing kind of an end-to-end game that would be pretty exciting to watch. And um, I could see South Korea nicking a point off Belgium there, and that's why I've got South Korea finishing second in the group. But, you know, outside of that, I don't see a whole lot of exciting stuff coming out of this group. What about you, Cam? Well, Jake, if you say South Korea's wingers are the best players in Belgium, since they don't have any fullbacks, that could be a problem, but... I think Jan Vertonghen and Toby Alderweireld are better fullbacks than pretty much anybody else in the group, and they're both center backs by trade. <laughs> you know, but I don't. They're not going to be. Neither of those two are going to be fantastic going forward for 90 minutes, but they're going to be very good at tracking runs into their own half. Uh, and I, I admittedly haven't seen Alderweireld play a bunch at right back, but I've seen Vertonghen play at left back because I'm a Tottenham fan and. He, he swashes forward and buckles back. Um, so, <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're going to cut that. <laughs> no, that's staying in there. <laughs> uh, outside of Belgium, uh, Algeria struggled, uh, has struggled since the since the 2010 World Cup, uh, but they are rebounding now. Um, they, have a lot, they have a lot of young, energetic players. Uh, I think the main problem will be cohesion within the squad because there, there are only a few players there that were actually born in Algeria. The rest are mostly French-born Algerians. Um, Russia, oh man, that's... <laughs> Fabio Capello has this wonderful ability to make teams look awful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he's done it with England, he's done it with Russia, he's, he's done it with Milan at times. Um, I, I don't know what that guy does but his teams are boring to watch. Uh, so I don't think they make it very far at all. Uh, South Korea, they're, very, they're a very direct team. They like to play quickly to the flanks using counterattacks. Um, Rish Dortmund's Song Hung Min uh, will be a very important player for them. Uh, but I don't see where the goals come from because... Arsenal superstar Park Chuyang is their striker. <laughs> and he's played... <laughs> what, Jacob, two, three times for them? I, he might be dead. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, for me, Belgium tops the group. Uh, I'm going to take Algeria as the second-place team. That's anti-American. <laughs> I, I suppose. I mean, I, I, I don't know how American <laughs> sympathies 
are towards Algeria since we beat them. But regardless, have there been like any American military skirmishes in Algeria that I'm not aware of? No, Algeria is one of the quiet countries. We would have won okay. if there was. Yeah, well, yeah, we would have won if there was against anybody. We're America. Um, America. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lick my butt and suck on my butt. <laughs> I can't not hear that part of the song and not laugh. I can't think of that part of the song and not laugh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Belgium's like, it's been like eight uh, years, and it still has the same effect. <laughs> All right, quick quick diversion. When I was on senior week in high school, my friends and I, uh, we re- we bought that movie because like, the video store we were at was going out of business, so we got it for like a dollar. <laughs> we watched that movie every night. <laughs> and it was an unrated version, so the puppet sex scene involved the one of the puppets shitting on one of the other puppets. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. So we watch that every night. I laugh my ass off every time. It's a fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, seen it, whatever. Uh, yeah, Belgium's moving on very easily. I, they, I, just, their defense is solid, right down to the fact that Coutois is among the best keepers on earth, and he's only he's a year. He's my age. Like, my God, I was born two months before he was. I'm pathetic. <laughs> if for some reason he goes down, Mignolet, he's solid. He can get it done in the back. I mean, Eden Hazard is the kind of player who, if they weren't running into Argentina in the quarterfinals, the kind of player who can carry them pretty far in this kind of tournament. Other than that, it's just a toss-up. I mean, I'm, I'm taking Russia... Just because I'm, I'm going to butcher his name, Akinfiv, is that how you say it? I think so. Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. He, 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 yeah, he's a solid keeper. I mean, there's some talent on South Korea. Algeria is Algeria. I'm like, whatever about them. I don't even care. So I think Belgium gets in, and then I think Russia backs in. Like, I'm, the, the sooner this group ends, the happier I'm going to be. So what we're going to do is we're going to end this group right now, and we are going to get into what will certainly be um, the most in-depth thing we've probably done so far, and that's Group G, uh, which is Germany, Portugal, the United States, and Ghana. Um, The United States, we all think they're going to advance, uh, probably take three points from everyone, uh, but I'll let my colleagues speak for themselves. Uh, Germany, one of the best teams in the world, but they never, for some reason, they never seem to put it all together on the big stage. Plus, players are going down left and right for them. Portugal has Cristiano Ronaldo and 10 guys who aren't Cristiano Ronaldo, and that still may be good enough to get out of this group. And Ghana is the thorn in the United States side. So let's do this. Jacob, start. Uh, What do you think? Well, We'll start with this. We'll go through every team in the group. What do you think about Germany? What is the thing that makes them so good? Uh, well, Germany has... I think Germany caught on to the the need for youth development or the need for an overhaul in youth development in a single system uh, right after Spain did, and you've, you've seen the benefits since then. Um, they've got a, a very talented group. Um, the only thing they really lack is a... I guess they're really like forward. They don't lack anything. They're solid, solid throughout. Um, they brought Closa again for the 13th consecutive World Cup. Wheelchair. Yeah, he's just he's just hanging out trying to break the record, um, and he probably will. But Germany is just they're just solid. That's all you can say about them, and that's not an insult. That's 
a very high compliment that they are solid throughout. Um, they're not a they're not a boring. I guess boring is not the word I'm looking for, but they're not a you know just sit back and kind of beat you to death kind of team. They do play some some pretty soccer, but they have they have solid players at every position. And if they don't win the group, I'll be surprised. Um, moving on to Portugal, Portugal had looked absolutely terrible in that friendly against um, against Mexico. They snuck out with with a win on that uh, like ninety second minute goal. Yeah, Something you know. Like that. Yeah, they, they scored really late, but they looked really bad against a Mexico team that looked really, really bad. So the only thing you can say there, though, is that they didn't have Ronaldo, and this, this team is Ronaldo. Um, he's, he's the best player in the world. Messi can suck it. Um, and they are, they're a different team with him. He's going to change the dynamic of the way they play, and they're, they're going to look more dangerous with him, with him in there. Um, if the U.S. is going to get through, they're going to have to get something from this game. And, you know, it's not completely out of the question. Uh, not at all. With, you know, Ronaldo playing on the left, Fabian Johnson has speed to keep him in front of him, um, or to at least keep up with him. Our, our defense hasn't looked shambolic by any means, or at least not since, you know, that they looked really rough that first game. But and they, they struggled at times against Turkey, but they seem to get more and more solid every time until we switch to the three center backs. So it's not out of the question that we could nick a 1-0 victory. Um, I do think this Portugal team is very talented, and will goals will come for them. Um, and the, a lot of them, I think, will come through Ronaldo. Um, Moving on to Ghana. The thing I think a lot of people are forgetting about this Ghanaian team is that this is the same Ghana team that beat us. Um, just older and better. Um, they, Whereas the U.S. has changed a lot since 2010, this is a largely similar Ghana side that has just had players given more time to develop. You know, They were really, really young in 2010, and just about everyone has improved. I, I think you could make the case that maybe KPB's fallen off a bit, since since then, um, but outside of that, they just keep getting better. And this is a really really good Ghana team, um, and I, th I think they're really what makes this the group of death. I don't think it's the U.S. that makes this the group of death. It's that you've got Portugal, Germany, and Ghana in this group. I I don't think the U.S. fans should be getting too excited about the fact um, that you know, beat Nigeria, um, and Nigeria was supposed to be a facsimile for. For Ghana, well, Ghana's a hell of a lot better than Nigeria. Um, Cam, you want to talk about those three before we move to Yeah, America? sure. Uh, I think Germany are obviously are, are very clearly the best team in this group. Um, Yogi Lowe is a fantastic coach and by all accounts was the brains behind uh, Germany's run in 2006. Um, that said, I am concerned that they don't have a focal point. You know, they have Miroslav Klose, but how many how many minutes is he going to be able to play over the course of three games? Uh, and without Klose, they're basically going to throw in one of their attacking midfielders and play with uh, a false number nine. And, I mean, that'll work against teams that are going to come out and attack, but this, this group is going to be big on defense, and, and it's going to be tight, and it's going to be compact, and I don't see... I don't. I don't see someone like a Matt Beasler or uh, a Pepe 
or a John Mensa following a Goetze deep to create space for runners in behind. Um, so I think, but I, I, do, I do still think Germany tops the group. Uh, Portugal, I think the I think the whole Ronaldo scare was was a bit of uh, gamesmanship. Yeah, I, I I'd say gamesmanship. Um, you know, you know <laughs> I I don't really think that uh, he was as as badly hurt as people suggested. I think they were keeping him you know from potentially picking up injuries. Uh, you know, they again uh, another team with. Uh, a lack of top quality forwards, um, but their midfield is perhaps just as good as Germany's. Um, they're also able to vary their approach game to game. You know, some games they're going to sit deep and, and hit Ronaldo on the break. Uh, other games they're going to play more through Jao Moutinho, play possess, uh, and look to create chances that way. Ghana are the stereotypical African side. You know, very strong, very fast, very athletic. Uh, but they lack they lack subtlety. There's not a lot of, of creativity once they've got the ball. Um, that said, you know they hammered us in 2006. They beat us in 2010. They've got our number. Um, it would be very surprising to me if the U.S. escaped the Ghana game with more than a point. That that's bold, and because. The United States' chances of moving on to this group are 100% predicated on beating Ghana. They either has to beat Ghana, draw Portugal, and hope for something, something close against Germany, or beat Ghana, beat Portugal, and then Germany doesn't matter. I, I've I've done the math on this a million times. Whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll start with Ghana because I don't. I'll admit I don't know Ghana that well. Aside from they're the team that beats the United States. Ghana, everything that the United States wants to do in advancing in this World Cup comes down to getting three points against Ghana. Cannot afford a draw. Absolutely cannot afford a loss. It has to be a win against Ghana. I think the fact that Ghana, uh, I think Jacob said this, if not Cameron said this, I had a 50-50 chance of getting that right, so I just hedged my bet on both. <laughs> Ghana is a big, fast, strong, they're a physical team. And it's all going to come down to the United States playing very patient, playing very focused against the team that is going to come at them in Ghana. And I think Jurgen Klinsmann knows this, which is part of the reason why he said he plans on having Kyle Beckerman and Jermaine Jones in the similar formation that he had against Nigeria. I just some Jurgen may have just said this or it may have just been something I read that it looks like it's going to happen. But everything is going to come down to beating Ghana. Asamoah Jean, he can, he he is the thorn in our side. He is the guy that knocked us out. He's the guy that knocked us out in 2010. Uh, I, I've joked about this before. I wish the team brought a Gucci and Yewu just to throw a bow in his mouth and get him bleeding and off the pitch and all that. But whatever. Everything comes down to beating Ghana. After that, it's Portugal, which I kind of agree with Cameron that I think that the whole Ronaldo's leg thing was mostly a tactic to keep Ronaldo fresh heading into the World Cup, make sure he's getting a lot of rest because he played a ton this year. He played the Champions League final. He played all that. Jesus, there's a massive bug flying around out here. I'm going to kill it. You can do it. I believe in you. So do I. The only thing is he's flying around way away from me, and I only have a shoe. All right, whatever. <laughs> so Ronaldo's going to go out there. He's going to do Ronaldo things. Uh, I think 
Portugal is a little susceptible in back. I mean, Pepe, his main... Go- I, I, I'm going to make this comment, but everyone ever has made this comment. Pepe's going to go out there and try and maul you. Fabio Contral, he wants to get forward. Their midfield is solid, but not great. But it's all going to come down to Ronaldo, and I think that every match that Portugal plays, Ronaldo's going to get at least one. So the United States' job is going to be Make sure Ronaldo gets his. Make sure nobody else does anything, and come out and just get after them. We ha- you have to score at least two to beat Portugal because Ronaldo is getting one no matter what, and I firmly believe that. Germany. The hope is that this match doesn't matter. Of course, German Jordan Clinton is going to want to go out there and win ten nothing because he wants to beat the Germans. They have, for my money, the best keeper on earth in Madwan Neuer from Bayern Munich. Their backline. Their backline's very solid. Their midfield, I mean, Spain's midfield is the one that gets all the credit, but the German midfield is amazing. Sammy Kadira, Bastian Schweinsteiger, Mesut Ozil, Thomas Müller, Mario Götze. I mean, this is just a loaded group. And then up top, Klaus knows how to get it done. I mean, I think once uh, Marco Royce went down, they probably should have called Mario Gomez to come in and be be their striker. They decided not to do that. Whatever, it's Germany. They're going to get by anyway. Huh. Um, I think that for the United States to move on, the most realistic scenario is beat Ghana, draw Portugal, and hope Germany puts their B squad in because they already locked up first place in the group against us. So it's like Roman Weidenfeller in goal and like Julian Draxler's playing striker. One of those things. What do you guys think? It, what, what do you think is the United States' path to getting out of this group? What is What needs to happen, and what are the odds that you think that does happen? We'll start with you, Jacob. They do need to beat Ghana. And at least at least a draw against Portugal. You know, I'll say they need to draw Ghana and Portugal, because I think Germany will have it wrapped up by the final game, and we, we need to pray that they, they do put in that B squad. Because I'm not sure that this this U.S. team is considerably better. I know we're not better than Portugal, and I think it's going to be uh, just kind of kind of be a pray praying situation. You know, in in 06, who was the first game against? Oh, got our asses kicked by Czech Republic, um, and then drew Italy, and we're still in contention. Um, could have, with a win against Ghana, could have made it out. I mean, stranger things have happened. So I think a draw in the first two games, and as long as Germany handles business, then then we'll have a shot. But I don't I don't see us beating Portugal. I think I think a win against Ghana is possible, and would obviously make this a little bit easier. But I'd say the path that if the U.S. is going to make it out, it's going to be a draw or a win against Ghana, a draw against Portugal and then Germany kind of throwing in the towel in the third game. What about you, Cameron? Yeah, everybody's had this mapped out from day one. Uh, mm-hmm. Result against Ghana, result against Portugal, and, you know, hope that, hope that Germany cleans up. All right. Let's look at each of the three matches the United States are going to play. First against Ghana, which is on Monday. I believe that starts at 6 p.m., which is like right as I get off work. So I'm like logging off my computer, spreading to a bar, and like gonna go wild with all that. Um, this is. I I know that the U.S. players who were around 
in 2010. So guys like Tim Howard, guys like Michael Bradley, Quint Dempsey, they probably, the second that the schedule came out, I'm assuming that they circled this, starred it, highlighted it, got this mat, like this mat sheet laminated, everything. Because this is the, this is the big one. I, the big one should be against Germany or Portugal, but it, the big one's against Ghana because everything's coming down to the match against Ghana. What do you guys think the United States has to do to beat Ghana? Cameron, we'll start with you. Yeah, I, I certainly hope they circled it on their calendar because if they didn't, they were idiots. Um, yeah. You know, this... No, and Quinn Dempsey, he didn't circle it on his calendar. Right? <laughs> That's yeah. a very accurate... I bet he can't uh, even draw a circle. <laughs> Nobody could draw a circle. It's impossible, Jacob. <laughs> Those are pretty good impressions of me. <laughs> but uh, you know, this this is doing. They've they've knocked this out of the past two World Cups. There's there's no way. If if I were if I were uh, a member of the team that had been to either of those World Cups and been knocked out by Ghana, that I would go into this thinking anything other than. Screw the other two games. I'm going to fuck Ghana's shit up. Um, that said, I think the keys for the U.S. Uh, are going to be, do they pack midfield to try and absorb Ghana's counterattacks, or are they more adventurous and, and try and get at Ghana and, and absolutely go after those points, which I, I really think they do need to do. You know, I think uh, the defense will be able to handle counters reasonably well, at least against Ghana, maybe not against the other games, uh, the other teams. So I, I think this is the one where, you know, you push numbers forward. You say, hey, let's go out there, get some goals, and get a result in this game. I mean, the United States is certainly helped out by the fact that Ricardo Clark will not be starting in this match. But <laughs> Ricardo Clark can die. <laughs> Jacob, what, what do you think, sir? What, what do you think needs to be the United States plan of attack against Ghana? You know, to Cam's point about our options are either kind of pack midfield and try to absorb things or go after them. Uh, first first 25 minutes or so against Nigeria were absolutely brutal. And it, it did look like we were playing a little bit more tentative, weren't being as adventurous going forward. Nigeria was kicking our shit in. Um, they didn't get a goal out of it. We were lucky to lucky to escape. And then once, once we decided to open things up a little bit more, once we decided to be a bit more adventurous, you know, they're... We looked like we took a little bit more control of the game and we were able to you know, stretch them out a little bit more. That allowed that 13 or 14 pass sequence leading up to, leading up to Josie's goal. You, know, you can't make those kind of passes if you don't have space to make passes. So if we're going to sit back and absorb pressure, we're probably going to give up a lot of chances to Ghana, and this is a, this is a better finishing Ghanaian team than Nigeria. So I think Klinsman knows that we need something out of this, and he's going to come out and try and get something out of it. I think we'll see the same formation that we saw against against Nigeria, and if we see the team that we saw in the first 25 minutes, then we'll lose. If we see the team that we saw for the next 30 or 40 minutes of the game, then yeah, we've got a really good chance of getting the result we need here and keeping our World Cup, you know, rabbit 16 games alive. Yeah, I I completely agree with you on formation. Uh, the one potential personnel change I could see is maybe Graham Zusi in a right man instead of Alejandro Bedoya. And if the United States is, say, up 2-1-3-2 in the 80th minute, bring on Bedoya for his ability to track back. But 
I think the United States, I mean, this has been a recurring problem during most of Quinsman's tenure. I mean, the first 10 minutes to 25 minutes, that range, it's, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sit back, we're going to take on whatever pressure comes, and we're going to be locked in. And if the other team scores, oh well, but we really hope they don't score, and then we're just going to come out firing on, on all cylinders. I think the thing that is kind of going to, kind of ironically, because this is one of the things that really criticized, the United States got criticized for, is the fact that it's going to come out and it's going to be one of the few teams in this entire tournament that is fit enough in terms of injuries and in terms of physical endurance to just go for 90 minutes and play their style of soccer for 90 minutes. I'm really, really excited to see part two of this Beckerman-Bradley-Jones I don't even want to call it an experiment because it looks like this is something that has some serious potential because when you put Kyle Beckerman in there, it's almost like having a fifth defender with his ability to stay back and read the game defensively and then get the ball forward to Jones, to Bradley and whatnot. Um, I, I really do think, and this is probably just my nationalistic pride speaking, the United States will win this one. I think that Howard, Bradley, Dempsey, and can you guys name the fourth player who was on the 2006 and 2010 squads? Or was around Easily. for both squads? Yeah, usually. <clears throat> Damn it, because I, I did not get that one. I always forget DeMarcus. <laughs> <laughs> I think they are going to be coming out and they are going to have a firewood <laughs> under them. I think Howard's going to play out of his mind. I think Bradley is going to be... He's going to go out there and he's just going to outsmart anyone. I really think that the United States takes this one, two, one, three, two, something like that. Uh, what do you guys think? Well, first of all, the reason I got Beasley, um, you may not know this, but he's an Indiana boy, just like Cam and I. And oh, okay. in case you were wondering just how famous of a person you're speaking to right now, my uncle used to live down the street from his parents. So, oh. yeah. See, I was thinking... My my knowledge of Indiana is the Pacers and Parks and Rec, and <laughs> yes. I wasn't a hundred percent sure about Beasley through either of those things. So <laughs> I don't know why he wasn't a part of Entertainment Seven Twenty, but you know, they dropped <laughs> the ball there. That's fine. With, uh, just one one last quick tangent. I have begun watching through all of Parks and Rec, and the fact that they paid Roy Hibbert and Detlef Shrimp to just stand there and shoot baskets really <laughs> is one of the funniest things in television history, in my opinion. That's what's so ironic about Entertainment 720 is it's just a joke about how bad they are with their money that they would do such a thing like that. Well, the p producers of the show had to be like, well, let's waste some money on Hibbert and Detlef Shrimp baskets. Do you guys think that, yeah, this is a debate that I always have, we're going to get way off top here, I don't care. Do you think that Aziz Ansari is acting on that show? Or do you think he's just acting the way that Aziz Ansari either does act or wishes he could act? I mean, if his stand-up's any indication, I think that is the kind of person he would want to be. Yeah. He's just got those same nervous habits that a lot of us have that keep you from being that outgoing and that outlandish. Randy. <laughs> With eight A's. <laughs> yeah, all right, back on track. Uh, sorry about that, guys. I, I, I've just enjoyed my time watching Parks and Rec. Uh, what do you think, Jacob? What's the result that we're getting out of this? <sighs> I hesitate to do this. We'll always pick the U.S. to beat Ghana. Um, but pick Ghana. Year, pick Ghana. Yeah, this year I'm going to go the other way. 
uh, I, d I do think Ghana beats us. Um, I, like I said earlier, this is a this is a very talented Ghana team that's just better than they were in 2010, and I'm not sure we're that much better than we were in 2010. Uh, am I doing reverse jinx or not right now? Maybe you know, maybe you don't. But <laughs> I do think I think Ghana comes in, gets one early because you know that that 10 to 25 minute stretch you were talking about where Klinsman coach teams seem kind of cagey early on. You can't do that with a really young, really young center back pairing playing in their first World Cup. It's not going to work. Uh, they're going to slip up at some point early. We get down 1-0 early, start to chase things a little more. Um, the attack's a little less under control than it might be otherwise, and I think Ghana grabs another one on the counter, and it's a 2-0 loss for the U.S. Cameron. I'm going to put on my optimist hat here. I'm going to break out for like really special occasions. I think He's being optimistic that Dempsey breaks his leg. Yeah, well, goes <laughs> without saying. Um but I, I think the U.S. takes this one. It's it's going to be a cagey game. Um, but I think if the U.S. scores first, Ghana are going to struggle to to chase games, especially late. Um, and you know, I I really think Josie's going to go into this uh, thinking thinking positive thoughts, you know, for for whatever that's worth. And I think maybe he can score. And and if he scores, I think maybe the U.S. takes it to nothing. I mean, he he's going to he's going to have that swagger about him no matter what. He always has that swagger, but now he has the reinforcement that hey, listen, you know what? I can do this, and I can go in and I can put the ball in the back of the net. Plus, it doesn't. Well, I I am a bit worried about center backs too, but I ultimately think that it's not going to be an issue. I'll pick the United States there. What about? Cristiano Ronaldo and 10 guys who aren't Cristiano Ronaldo. What do you think happens there, Cameron? This is the one where the U.S. starts to struggle, I think. Um, you know, their, their midfield three of Jean Moutinho, Raul Morelis, and uh, Miguel Veloso are probably more talented than any of the four guys the U.S. puts in the diamond. Um, <laughs> and, and as much as I hate to say that, I, I think it's absolutely true. You, and you've got Veloso, who's who's going to just sit there and break up plays in front of their defense. Morelis is just going to run end to end like a freaking Energizer Bunny, you know. And Moutinho is going to supply the magic, whether it's balls to Ronaldo, whether it's combining with his other midfielders, whether heaven forbid Nani does something positive for once. <laughs> <laughs> it's not um, only ten. Yeah, it's really not. Um, but I think you know. Portugal's left side, uh, left back Fabio Contrao and uh, their left side winger Ronaldo, just about the best two-man combination you're going to find outside of maybe the Brazilian or Spanish teams. Um, and I think if, if, if those two are healthy, on their game, ready to go, psyched up, whatever cliche you want to use, they're going to run shit against Fabian Johnson. I mean, he's fast, he's relatively good positionally, but can he do it against both of them? Can he do it against Ronaldo cutting inside and Coentrao overlapping? I'm not sure that happens. I think Portugal takes this one. It might get ugly. Jacob? So, I'll be a little bit more positive here. I think the U.S. scores first in this game. Um, I think Ronaldo will come out with a, with, with a purpose and looking to get involved in the attack early and we're 
the U.S. is pretty dangerous down that right side. Fabian Johnson's pretty good going forward. I think because of that, they'll be vulnerable down that left side defensively and will get one early. Um, but I don't feel I don't feel confident that it stays that way. Um, one underrated part of this Portugal team is uh, Postiga. You know, he he scores once every I think his scoring record right now is like once every two games for the national team. Um, and when he's not scoring, he's holding up play well, laying playing balls to a to Ronaldo, just rampaging at him faster than most humans should be able to run. <sighs> I. I don't know that our center backs are ready for some for a, for a number nine like that that can hold up play and that can lay off balls and I just don't see us being able to sit back and and withstand the flood that's going to come from this team. I think we'll get up 1-0 early and you know that may make it 30 35 minutes into the end of the game, but at some point in that first half Portugal pulls one back and I think this one ends at 3-1. Um, with Ronaldo, Ronaldo having a pretty good game, and uh, Postiga actually being being the man of the match. Yeah, all right, interesting. Um, I I think the main thing working in the United States' favor in this match is that it's being played in Manaus, which is the one place that nobody wants to play. I mean, I, I, I did you guys see the picture of the pitch in Manaus? Two days before, um, it looks striped. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was awful. It's like a line of like very thin grass, a line of dirt, and it's just all the way down the pitch. And like, uh, we might uh, just be I, garbage enough to take advantage. <laughs> yeah, no, it, no, seriously. I mean, it with Cristiano Ronaldo's leg apparently about to fall off of his body, that may that that may mess with him a little bit. So hopefully that happens. Um, the, the fact that this is being played in, for all intents and purposes, the nastiest conditions that a soccer match can be played at, we're, we're talking about level 90 plus degree weather, plus the levels of humidity from A being on right next to a body of water, and B being next to the goddamn Amazon. So, <laughs> like... It's just going to be nasty in there, and maybe this is the match that Quinsman has been preparing for with the United States being so heavily focused on fitness during training. He knows that this is a this is one this is a huge match. They need to get at least a point out of this. Maybe he wants the team to be you know kind of let things loose and just run all over the place. Um, but I do think Cristiano Ronaldo is going to go out there and he's going to get his. I mean, I mean, I'm a Messi fan, but right now Ronaldo is the best player on earth, and he is playing the best soccer out of anyone on earth, which is far more important than any distinction of this guy's the best player on earth, that player is the best guy player on earth. No, he is playing the best soccer on earth, and that is why Cristiano Ronaldo is so terrifying. Um, I'm. Oh, I'm a bit concerned about Beesler and Cameron, more so about Beesler because when the best striker that you're going up against in a season is Thierry Henry, that's not exactly reassuring. Cameron, at least, albeit as a right-back, has gone up against guys like Suarez, Dzeko, Aguero, when Aguero's healthy, all that kind of thing. Um, this is... I, I'm just doing this because I'm a complete and total homer. I think this match ends 2-2. Um, I'm, like, 
I, I'm basing this on absolutely nothing other than the fact that I love my country. I, <laughs> I, I will be watching this match from the American Outlaws Bar in Manhattan where I watched every match in the Gold Cup, so I'm hoping there's some good karma there. Um, yeah, so I, I'll, I'll, like, sacrifice a goat or something the night before the match. Whatever. <laughs> uh, lastly, there's Germany. Um, this could eat... Playing Germany last could either be a really, really good thing or a really, really bad thing, depending how the United States' first two matches go and how the United States... and how Germany's first two matches go. Because if the United States sucks in its first two matches and Germany looks amazing... The United States is going to be able to go balls to the walls because they're going to be going against Germany's B or C team, who the United States has proven it could defeat. And but if the United States looks really good and has a spot locked up, and Germany has a spot locked up, we're going to be seeing Chris Wondolowski and Brad <laughs> Davis and Julian Green. We're probably seeing Julian Green in this match no matter what, but that's neither here nor there. Um, what do you guys see in this match? What do you see happening? And even if the United States is going through, do you think Jurgen Klinsmann comes out guns blazing because he wants to beat his student and Philip Lom, who he hates? I think, I don't know that, I can't decide if Jurgen's that kind of guy or not. Um, I feel like he does too much yoga to be <laughs> to be stressed about beating, beating Yogi. But I, I could see it. You know, there was always the rumors that he didn't really have much to do with Germany's success and all that. I don't know if that's bothered him or not, but it bothered him enough to get back into coaching at the same level for a different country. Um, I don't. I don't think we'll see Germany's A team, and unless something happens against uh, against Portugal and Portugal manages to nick a tie out of out of their game against Germany, but even then, I don't see anything. <clears throat> I don't see Germany having any reason to worry. Um, that if we do see if we do see their B team, which I think will happen, we will we will go for it, regardless of what's happened in the first two games. I think, and it could be fun. Um, you know, our our best players do do match up well with with their second group. Uh, what would that what that friendly end at? Like four three? Was yeah. that when we played them yeah. a couple years ago? It was a, it was a really fun game. It was um, in a yeah. Didn't Josie have a hat trick or so, someone like went off in that match? I just don't remember who. Yeah, I can't remember who had the hat trick either. But I, you know, if this game, if this game matters to us, I think I think this is actually the one the U.S. wins um, because I don't think Germany is going to be playing their best players, and I think U.S. will possibly win comfortably, like two zero. It'll just be a question of does that mean that we go go further in the in the World Cup or is this just a two zero moral victory win and you know Jurgen has something when he comes home to say but look we beat Germany we can keep me um, so it's just going to be a question of the meaning of the win but I do think the U S U S gets a win against Germany woo yeah I'm not like super anti American just kind of rational yeah. but just rational Cameron. I think this game is entirely dependent on, like you and Jacob said, if Germany has the group wrapped up or not. Um, if they do have the group wrapped up, uh, they probably play their second, third string guys. Uh, but even then, you know, that friend last year, I'm not sure that the Germans were taking it too seriously. Uh, I, I've never been 
certain about that. Uh, I, I do think that their second team is probably still stronger than our best 11. Uh, that said, I think if there's any chance that we can get out of the group with a, with a result against Germany, that maybe the U.S. team pulls together some of that cliched fighting spirit, you know, go, go, USA stuff and, and get the result. To don't tread in the locker room. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it would take a small miracle, or it would take a miracle on the level of the Algeria game four years ago to, uh, to get a result against this Germany team. Yeah. I, the, the one positive, I suppose, that would come out of this being the final match is if the United States has a spot locked up, whether that's for better or worse, this is the match we're going to see. We're going to get a bit of a glimpse into the future. We're going to see guys like DeAndre Yedwin, like Omar Gonzalez, John Brooks, uh, Mix, Julian Green, Aaron Johansson. Like that, that would be fun, just getting a chance to see that, root on those guys, have them get some experience against a team that very easily could win this entire tournament if they could stay healthy and all their players are able to not kill each other and whatnot. But I'm, th- th- this is the match that I, I'm the most pessimistic about, naturally. Um, I think Germany, I- I'm a very big believer that Jurgen is putting a lot of stock into beating the Germans for a matter of his own pride. I mean, Philip Wom, he dedicated a section of his autobiography in talking about how horrible Jurgen was. <laughs> and like you said, Lowe got the credit for being the mastermind in 2006 while Jurgen kind of just sat back and watched and accepted, accepted everything. So I think that Jurgen is going to want to come out and he's going to want to destroy Germany. The only problem is I think a lot of Germans are going to want the German team to come out and just take all, take Klinsman down, especially if that means there's a spot in the finals on the line. I know in the finals, in the knockout stage on the line. So I think Germany wins this one. I could see something like 3-1 or 4-1. I could see this really getting out of hand if they had a little more a little more attacking prowess, but they, I, I don't see this one getting it being nearly as fun as you guys plan on it being. What um, what if this ahead. is the game Closa breaks the record or is going to break the record? Do you think Klinsman adjusts to try oh. and stop that from happening? Oh, God, yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. See, the one thing about Jurgen Klinsman, yes, he's like, he, he's the Zen master. He's a very laid-back dude, all that. But he is a very <laughs> competitive guy. I mean, don't let the whole we're not going to win the World Cup thing fool you. That's just an internet the international soccer mindset kind of taking over. I mean, Jose Mourinho, he said that multiple times about Chelsea last year. So I think Jurgen, like, he's going to want to come out. He's going to come out and beat Germany, and he's going to try and rain on their parade as much as possible. And he's going to want, you know, like people like Michael Wilbon to have to eat their own words. And a great way to do that is beating the Germans. Just like Wilbon's good on snacks right now. Ooh, that, that hurts. I found out they're off until July and, because they're being kicked off for the entire World Cup. Oh, that's why he's mad. And I just imagine Wilbon, like, getting that news and, like, hanging a picture of Jurgen up on his wall and doing, like, a yeah. Rocky Four thing with, like, the picture of Jurgen right there. All right, so how do you guys see this group playing out 
And will the United States take second and go and take on Belgium? Um, I, I see Germany winning. I think we've said that several times. I, I, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, Germany wins. Uh, I, I don't see the U.S. taking second. Um, in a bit of a surprise, I think I'm going to take Ghana to finish second. And I, that might part of that might be that Ghana just scares the shit out of me. And it seems like they always are there to finish second in their group. Um, but I could see them. Possibly stealing a point against Germany. The Battle of the Brothers will be fun to watch. Um, and I can see them beating Portugal as well. So I'm going to take Germany Germany to win the group and Ghana to finish second. And the U.S. to... I uh, depend on if Germany plays their B team or not if the U.S. finishes third or fourth. Very interesting. Cameron? Yeah, I, I don't think the U.S. makes it out of the group. Um, you know, and... I really, I really don't like saying that because I, I want the U.S. to do well. I want them to get out of the group. I want them to make a run of things. Uh, but this group is just too strong. Uh, obviously, you know, everybody knows that everybody's opinion is that Germany is going to take it, and the numbers back that up. Um, I think it's a toss-up: Portugal, Ghana for second place, uh, and the USA comes in fourth. I'm taking Germany to win it, and because I'm a nationalistic asshole and I'm a I'm a paying member of the American Outlaws with my third year anniversary coming up. I'm taking the United States to come in second, uh, followed by Portugal and Ghana. Um, really, the hope is that the United States is able to somehow win this group because their path, the way that I have it shaking out, is a round of 16 match against Russia and then a quarterfinal match against Bosnia. That, that's so, the United one. If Bosnia wins their wins their or comes in second in their group, I think yeah, coming second in their group. So hey, listen, if the United States could somehow win this group, they can make it to the semifinals. But that's that again. I'm I'm an asshole. So <laughs> let's uh let's get to the big one. Let's get to the teams that we think will make the semifinals and our eventual winner. Jacob, this is very big, so we're going to start with Cameron. <laughs> uh, semifinals. Uh, hmm. I think you have Brazil, Spain. Uh, actually, hang on. I need to pull up the bracket. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. I, I just filled mine out earlier, and I think I yeah. had Spain, Argentina, Brazil, and Germany in there. And that, you know, a lot of that sounds was, good. I'll go with that. that <laughs> I mean, that's more or less chalk. I've um. Spain, until somebody beats Spain, it's hard to argue against Spain. They have continued to be this unstoppable force, and I think the only thing that stops them is no European team. Well, I'm sorry. No European team had won off of uh, European yeah. soil until 2010 in South Africa. But, you know, travel's a little different here than it is in South Africa. Um I think the South American advantage comes into play. So I believe the way that shakes out is Brazil versus Germany in the in the uh, in one semi, and I had Brazil beating Germany there, um, and then Spain beating Argentina. But yeah, the way I've got it, it's it's Germany, Brazil, Spain, Argentina, and I think you you probably make the case that those are the four best teams in the world right now. 
And then who do you who do you have winning it all? Did I just space out and miss that? No, I, di- I didn't go there. I didn't know if you were gonna ask that later. Um, but all right, no, we'll, we'll we'll save that for a little bit later. All right, uh, Cameron, who do you have playing in the finals, and who are they beating to get there? I think finals. I think it's gonna be Brazil Spain final. Uh, I think Brazil. Brazil tops France in a semifinal, and uh, we'll go with the other semifinal being Spain. Spain beats Argentina there, uh, and I think Brazil. Yeah, I think Brazil wins it all. Wait, you have France moving on to a semifinal? Yeah, where, who do you? Where do you have Germany losing to France? Uh, yeah. God bless you, my friend. <laughs> You're a dangerous man. Hold on, hold on. You do know that Ribery's not playing, correct? Yeah, I don't think that's an issue for them. Wow. <laughs> no, I, I really don't. I really don't think that's an issue. Please, please explain. This is very interesting. Well, you, you can pull in, uh, you know, pull in a player like Matthew Valbuena. Uh, I need to go back and look at their squad, but, you know, I, I looked at this yesterday, and I really don't think... France misses Ribery, especially considering you know he didn't play that great this year. Sure, he put up some goals, put up some thing, put up some numbers, but his play wasn't that great. Uh, Griezmann is the other player I'm thinking of. Had a fantastic season in Spain, uh, so I really don't think they lose a lot in in not having Ribery. And they're freaking midfield. Two tanks in Blaise Matuidi and Paul Pogba uh, and Kabai pulling the strings. I, I think that. I think that they can beat the Germans. That, that's very bold. I, that, I I don't think that happens. I think France loses in its round of 16 match against Bosnia. But um, quarter, one quarter <laughs> final. <laughs> hey, listen. Eden Dzeko. I know. We know. Uh, according to Jose Mourinho, should have won the EPL's player of the year. That's all I'm going to say. Take that how you will. I take it as Mourinho is crazy, but it's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty close, yeah. All right, quarterfinal one, I think Brazil runs over Uruguay. I think they advance to a semifinal where they will play Germany, who ends up beating Bosnia to get there. Uh, the other quarterfinals, I think Argentina-Belgium is going to be an awesome match, but I think Argentina ends up moving on to the semifinals where they will play the winner of Spain and Italy, and I'm picking Italy. I, my last name ends with an O, and I think that it's. <laughs> I think Spain is just at a point right now where they it, they've done so much. Someone knocked them off their perch, and why not Italy? Which I I really think is the one team that with Spain's. You know, we're just going to short pass. We're going to try and break you down and whatnot. I think Italy is the one team that is defensively disciplined enough that it's able to kind of, it's able to not get caught up in all that. Plus, as we all know, when Mario Balotelli decides I'm going to go out there and I'm going to whip some ass, he is capable of doing that on par with anybody else in the world. Uh, I think Argentina beats Italy. I think Brazil beats Germany. And I God, think... that a wonderful final. Yep. And <laughs> I think this is the year that that Lionel Messi gets his. I think Argentina ends up winning the World Cup. What is wanted to be a Barca fan. That's not, <laughs> not, that's, that's not even really it. It's part, 
like part of it is I think Messi has kind of been saving himself for this World Cup. Uh, I think that's beautiful. Th- I, I think yeah yeah he's he's a very chaste man. He's waiting for the, he's waiting for the right partner to really. But yeah, I think Messi kind of mailed it in at times for Barcelona this year. Um, I think Sergio Aguero, if City wasn't in the title race, he absolutely should have done this. But Sergio Aguero would die for Manchester City, so God bless him. And this Argentina is just so loaded. It has Messi, of course. It has Aguero, of course. It has some issues in the back that I'm a bit concerned about. But I think if they decide, hey, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put Lionel Messi. We're going to put Sergio Aguero. We're going to put Ezekiel Lavesi. We're going to put Gonzalo Higuain. We're going to put Angel Di Maria out there. And we're just going to score more goals than you are. I'm not. I, I think that they can pull that off. I think this is the one collection of offensive talent that can pull that off. And I really just want to be able to be a dick to all my friends who are Manchester United supporters and say, hey, look, Aguero just got his. What do you guys got? <laughs> you got Ryan Giggs. He never even played in a World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> I, I am a dick. But in my defense, in my defense, have you ever met a Manchester United supporter? I lived with two, so yeah. Exactly. So no. who do you have? Uh, <laughs> who do you have one of this, Jacob? Uh, I've got Brazil. Um, I. <clears throat> I think Neymar will he'll blossom this summer, as lame as that sounds. Um, but he's really like gonna, a beautiful flower. It will be. It's gonna be touching. We've got the the beautiful Argentina that's been saving or Messi that's been saving themselves, <laughs> and then we're going to see Neymar Neymar's career hit puberty and just bloom in this beautiful beautiful young lady, and just uh, have a really really good World Cup and. That's a solid team. Fred Fred plays a similar load or similar role to uh, Postiga for Portugal, <coughs> laying things off for <coughs> more dangerous attacking players. And I think whoever Brazil plays in the final, because Brazil's going to the final, you can just kind of deal with it. Um, it's going to be a really really good game. But I think Brazil Brazil comes out on top. All right. Um... I'm sure we will delve into this in future episodes if the FCC doesn't shut us down. So let's get into <laughs> let's get into the tweet bag. You guys ready? Oh let's yeah, do it. First question from at Dan Smith Webb: How far can you punt a football? I'm assuming he means an American football and not a soccer football. Um, you guys both played soccer, so I'll let you guys kind of brag on this. Well, I'm trying to think. I haven't. I haven't punted a football in a while. I will say that we went to the same high school as one Steve Weatherford. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and yeah, also um, A.J. Hughes, who's now the punter for Virginia Tech. So it's kind of kicker you if you haven't heard of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Steve Weatherford was actually a really, really good soccer player and a really, really good track track runner. He's just a fantastic uh, Yeah, I was going to say, I can't believe the guy in the NFL was a good athlete. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he is a punter. Yeah, yeah, true. So, how far can you punt a football? Um, I, I, I want to say the last time I did it was around forty-five, fifty yards. I can't do that consistently, but that would be the best I could do. Cameron, what about yourself? I can hit a soccer ball a solid fifty, so I'm going to say I can hit a football thirty-five, forty. All right, nice, nice. I've, I, I used to ref flag football when I was a freshman and a sophomore, and we would always like 
stick around and we'd punt uh, footballs at the end of the night and we played on a soccer field. And I would be able to get it from uh, one, like going uh, horizontally from one end to g- almost to the other end. So I'll say I could probably kick a, kick a ball about 40 or 50 yards. Uh, next question uh, from at Ryan Iskrig, I think. Uh, can you believe Coach Klinsman didn't add Kobe Jones? Which kind of goes along with a question from at Maddie, Maddie Teeks. Who is the most Kobe Jones midfielder on this U.S. Ninja Turtle side? Well, first of all, I can believe he didn't add Kobe Jones because I was looking. I was actually reading about Kobe Jones today, and he's like the same age as my mom. So yeah, I'm not super surprised to not see Kobe at the World Cup. Um, most most Kobe Jones midfielder would you know it's either going to be Jones or Beckerman because because of the hair exclusively. Yeah. I don't know if that's. I mean, that's got to be the answer he's looking for here. I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has to go. Has to be about the lettuce, I think. And yeah, it yeah. can't be a soccer-related yeah. question because we're not going to know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, it has to be Beckerman or Jones just because of because of the mop top they got going on, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. It's not Bradley because he he's he's got the Mister Clean look going on. He has a really weird shaped head. You guys ever notice that? It's, it's like a hook. Okay, yeah, question, question, yeah, question, so weird. question from at bflip 33 What do you guys think Michael Bradley's hat size is? Uh, I'll, go, I'll go eight and three-eighths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably that's probably the full circumference. I don't <laughs> the problem is they don't make hats shaped that way, because his head is like it is a true oval. He, like, he has to have one hat for the back of his head and one hat for the top of his head, right? Yeah, he should probably uh, just get a beanie. Yeah. I love Michael Bradley so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question is from uh, Jacob's friend Andrew. I've got an artesian well on my property, and the water pressure is lousy. Any suggestions? <laughs> Not knowing what an artesian well is, I'd say uh, blow it up and then, I don't know, move into a real house. <laughs> are, you, are you living in an outhouse, Andrew? <laughs> Call me. I, I have a guest bed. I, all I know about artesian is, like, if you make a sandwich and you want it to sound fancy, you say it's artesian. Like, yeah, I know artisan. Wet, artisan. Artisan, that's right. That's right. Because so yeah, funny. no. Wendy's has that like with the annoying, <laughs> that that one weird commercial with the guy that kind of so looks like. You know, no, no, no. Because this commercial annoys the hell out of me. Save the guy that kind of looks like Pete Holmes, like say Chow and kiss a lady, and the redheaded Wendy's lady goes all eh, hey, yeah, he's got that body, like all that. I, I I just hate Wendy's commercials. Um, yeah, Cameron, do you have any homeowner tips? <laughs> It, um, I just I just googled artesian well, uh, and it looks like maybe the the water in the aquifer may be low, so maybe like run a hose into the aquifer and increase the pressure, but then you can just use the water from the hose for actual water. So no. <laughs> All right. Um, I I would just like to remind everyone that's listening that we are the future of this country. Uh, from at T Holzerman. 
What is the best Mortal Kombat fatality, and why is it Smoke's blow up the world one from MK3? Uh, I am I have always been a fan of Sub Zero. Doesn't he like freeze someone and then punch them, and they just fall into a million little pieces? That sounds familiar, but I think that's a lot of things. Yeah, well, I, I'm assuming that's Sub Zero. I mean, Holzerman will yell at me if I get this wrong, but I think that's it, and I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, what do you, uh, were you guys big Mortal Kombat players? No. I, yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> oh boy. So sorry. We're gonna we're gonna get yelled at. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Holzerman. Uh, next question from my friend. I think Pat. wrestling's great, by the way. Wrestling's WWE. fantastic. You you okay. bite your tongue, Harlot. Hey, uh, no, I was just trying to make up to our our, our listeners. <laughs> oh, don't worry. If we have any worries about whether or not we love wrestling, we have me on this podcast. That's uh, good. From at Blurms. Does Sepp actually care about soccer, and what would it take for him to not be reelected? Um, the answer to the first question is no. <laughs> the yeah. answer to the second question is a shotgun. <laughs> All right. Did you uh see the John Oliver thing about FIFA? I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> I did see it. It was I, it was it, it was, was fantastic. It was ruthless. Yeah. Like, everyone take like. 15 minutes and just watch John Oliver rip into the corruption of FIFA. Um, he, he makes fun of Seth Blatter for a few things. Too. Seth Blatter is not only 78 years old, but he was born in the same day as me, so that sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I really think Seth Blatter cares mostly about lining his own pockets, which is why we have a World Cup and goddamn Qatar lined up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that, there's I'd say a 98% chance that gets changed. I hope so. Yeah. I like that I like that Bladder's just pretending everyone else in FIFA is corrupt except him. <laughs> yeah. And he just like yeah. had no idea any of this was going on. He's like, yeah, yeah everyone in FIFA's corrupt, but you shouldn't <laughs> make fun of FIFA for being corrupt. <laughs> like he if you make fun of FIFA, you're racist and he's he's an interesting fella. Uh from at Tweeter Ayulo. Fuck Mary Kill, John Travolta from Hairspray, JD from Scrubs, and Bane. Um, I, do I have to go through like a lot of effort to kill Bane? <laughs> well, I the the way I've always interpreted FMK is if you say kill them, they just immediately like collapse in a pile. Oh, kill kill Bane then. If, as long yeah. as I don't have to put any effort in, like yeah, that seems, that seems pretty simple. I'm actually doing the world a service, and then I get a Bane JD from Scrubs. And marry uh, John Travolta from Hairspray. <laughs> Cameron, do you agree with that? Uh, can I kill Travolta and JD? Because I God, I hated Scrubs. Scrubs. Shut was up. Awful. I know, I know. I I am I am the absolute opposite of everything I should be. But I did not like Scrubs. All I'm hearing is that Cam wants to bang bang. That's what I'm hearing. Here. <laughs> sure. Well, Tom Hardy's an attractive man. Wait, are we talking Tom Hardy man? Or are we talking? Oh, we're talking about Bane. <laughs> Talking about sure, the literal why? character of the game. <laughs> why not? Like, Preferably in cartoon form. Yeah, we're not. We're not. We're not talking about like Zach Braff. We're talking about Doctor uh, John Dorian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Still, still hated Scrubs. <laughs> nothing, nothing about Zach Braff is. I, I just don't find him funny. I'm really starting to understand the Dempsey hate. <laughs> I don't find Zach Braff funny either. I find him hilarious. <laughs> right? But yeah, you absolutely kill Bane because then you're doing the entire like world a service. 
Um, I think you FJD just because he's, he, he seems like a cool dude. Like, you know, it happens, whatever, move on. And then John Travolta from Hairspray. John Travolta was a very loving mother in Hairspray. She stuck, <laughs> stuck by Christopher Walken through thick and thin and, like, take care of you, wash all your clothes, put meals on the table. I mean, come on. But, but sure, he's not exactly the most attractive woman, but why not? Marry for money, learn to love, as my dad always says. <laughs> From at Cincy Buckeye. My phone's at 69% right now, by the way. Woo! <laughs> alert, alert. From at Cincy Buckeye, what animal do you most want to see run onto the field during a game? Go ahead, Cam. I know you have a terrible answer for this. No. <laughs> I was going to talk about this earlier, but my, uh, my actual answer is going to be a capybara, because those things are sweet as fuck. Uh, I'm going to say... Hold on, hold on. I'm looking up what a cacabara is. They, are they like little they're, they're, they're huge rodents. No, they're, they're like enormous guinea oh. Yeah, those... Oh, my. That, like, the, the stadium in Manaus, right next to... Right in the Amazon, cacabara runs on the field. That'd be hilarious. I would love to see that. They wow, have... they, can, they can weigh up to 145 pounds. That's remarkable. <laughs> it, it would literally eat Julian Green. <laughs> <laughs> swallow him whole. Julian Greenways. It's got to be less. Right, those yeah. can weigh 145 pounds. Julian Green weighs 132 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> it has 13 pounds on Julian Green. I would watch that fight. Yeah. So would I. That's pretty good. <laughs> and then, you know what the best thing about Julian Green getting mauled by one of those things is? No more. It opens up a spot for Lan- It opens up a spot for Landon Donovan. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, um, I, I, I would like to see some like badass thing that the that humans have not discovered yet. <laughs> Just like some like thirty-five foot rodent bird that breathes fire and speaks <laughs> Arabic, like just something coming out from the middle of the Amazon that even Cristiano Ronaldo wouldn't look like a, an amazing physical specimen next to. <laughs> And, you know, I think I'd like to see, like, uh, maybe maybe an elephant or something that wouldn't make sense to be where they were, and it just turns out to be Landon Donovan in a suit, <laughs> like, just trying to sneak out there. Didn't we have a question last week about, like, David Beckham streaking or something? No, we didn't have a question about that. We just got weird and ended up talking about David Beckham yeah. streaking. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so <laughs> it may just be David Beckham. We don't know. Uh, next question. Uh, another one. Yeah, why not? What if it's Bex and Landy Cakes? We're friends now. It's like that uh, that one Little Caesars commercial where the friends like they're in a horse costume and they run to get the five dollar hot and ready pizza. You know the one I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I have seen it. Your knowledge of food commercials or just commercials in general is very impressive. Yeah. You, you guys have to remember, I graduated college a month ago. And in college, all you do is watch television. Yeah, that's true. Uh, next question. graduating, by the way. Oh, thanks, friends. From at Blurms, and this may be my favorite question we've had to answer yet. How many women does Kyle Beckerman pick up with his guitar, and what is his go-to song? Uh, the answer is all of them. Uh, <laughs> and hmm, I, he seems like I could see him playing like. Something by Third Eye Blind, maybe like Motorcycle <laughs> Drive-By. I don't know if he can sing or not, though. 
Because if he's not, if he can't sing, then he can't do that. Um, if he can't sing, then he's going to have to do something that everyone knows and maybe isn't so sweet, but just like draws their attention. Like if he plays like uh, Hooch or uh, uh, just the one by Violent Films. What's that called? By What's who? The, I have no idea. What was it? Uh, by whom? Violent Femmes. It's like they're... Well, they've got two Ooh. songs, I think, that matter. But I don't know. I, I thought you were still going with Third Eye Blind, and I was like, oh, he'll no, just well, play that's a about a wet dream. Uh, or, like, jerking off or something. Blister in the Sun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's obviously such a big song that two of us have never heard it, so... Dude, have you... You've no, never you, heard Blister in the Sun? You, you'd know it if you heard it, though. All right, maybe I would. I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm pretty Cameron, your answer to this question. My answer to this may or may not have been influenced by the fact that I, that I watched The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou last night. Uh, <laughs> he, he gets all the women, and he plays David Bowie's Life on Mars, but he sings it in Portuguese like the guy does in Life Aquatic. Fantastic. Yeah, maybe that's what he'll do. Uh, I'm quickly looking to see... Uh... <laughs> Graduated sir. Oh wow, he. I'm looking up Kyle Beckerman's like history just to see if he's married because he seems like a man that is not a big fan of infidelity. And I learned that he was, <laughs> he was a state wrestling champion in Maryland as a freshman at Dematha High School. So that's cool. Dematha is um, the same place where uh, oh, Oladipo went. Yeah, 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 and Mo Creek. Well, Becker, <laughs> Beckerman actually got married last off season. So I don't think he would really go out of his way to um, try and woo any women. But he's a big fan of reggae music, so I can imagine him playing like Three Little Birds by Bob Marley. <laughs> but I, I, he, he does seem like the kind of guy that would play either Wonderwall or Collide by Howie Day, right? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh, our next question is from at Chad underscore BSD. What player at the World Cup is most likely to be involved in a prostitution sting? And this goes kind of goes back to the thing we said earlier, where Franck Ribery will not be playing in this World Cup. So <laughs> we actually need to think about this one. Well, uh, was it the? It was like the Mexican B team a couple years ago that got caught with oh, all yeah. the hookers and the. Or I'm sorry, uh, hookers is a. When they're dead, they're hookers. When they're alive, they're prostitutes. That's terrible. I'm editing this out. Uh, <laughs> no, don't, 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 don't. Archer joke. Anytime we get a good archer joke in, we have. No, uh, Cyril, when they're dead, they're just hookers. <laughs> Holy shit, that was awesome. <laughs> that was impressive. So I'm going to say uh, I'm gonna say our good buddy Gio Dos Santos gets, gets himself <laughs> in some kind of trouble. Well, it was his little brother, right? That was one of the one of the kids yeah, on the U twenty three team or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have to agree and say it's it's probably going to be one of the Mexican players. I would love for it to be Rafa Marquez. Just 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 another blemish on his already blacked out career card. That would that would be hilarious. I, I, I would like it for someone to be on the Mexican national team just because. I, I, I hate Mexico, but I think the two favorites here are one, Patrice Evra from oh, yeah. France. I, yeah. I, I really do think we have to consider a French person for this. 
But the person <laughs> I would most like to see have this happen to is Steven Gerrard because he's married and that would cap off the worst year of his life. <laughs> First costing Liverpool a title and that and that. Who won that title? Who won that title that he cost Liverpool? Manchester City. You're welcome. <sighs> All right. From friend of the program, at Kunk7, best manual retweet joke. Is that bad or is that good? Jacob? I don't know. Is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> I, I, I disagree with both of those, and I have to say it's either wow or oh, what's the other one I was going to do? Well, well, that's another really good one. Uh, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. Big if true. Yeah. Cameron, do you have any manual retweet jokes that you you're, you're very fond of? My go-to is big if true. Uh, big if true. Yeah. 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 Or just like the arrow, like the three. Oh, you know, yeah. and then a greater than yeah. sign. The worst is the Brian Fisher who he just manually retweets it and he just like lets it sit there while he looks like a member of 98 Degrees. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a question that is just for Jacob from at spread underscore eagle underscore 17. On a scale of 69 to 420, how happy were you guys on Julio, June 9th? It was a good day. <laughs> I said, <saw>, what? <laughs> I'll have to look up the tweet and retweet it, but it was like... Uh... The year is 69-69. No one can stop giggling. Humanity dies out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, fi- I'll find it and link you guys. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, that, t- two serious questions to wrap things up. One from at KyleTurk5. Which team will score the most goals? I, I think that's Argentina by a mile and a half. Uh, but what are you guys thinking? Yeah, Argentina's group kind of sucks, right? Uh, yeah. It's like... I know Bosnia is in there, and I don't remember the other two teams that are in there. Was, was that Here Bosnia, I'll... Iran, and Nigeria? I believe so. The... I'll just yeah. double check. I think, yeah, if that is the group, I think Argentina is a is a pretty fair bet there. They they'll run up the score on a couple teams. Um, yep, not... Bosnia, Iran, Nigeria. Okay, and not have a terrible path to the finals. So yeah, I I agree with the Argentina assessment there. Cameron, be that guy. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the hosts. Uh, I think the Brazilians will uh, will score the most goals, being backed by their legions of fantastic fans. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. I I really do think it's down to either Brazil or Argentina. I'm just picking Argentina based on the fact that they have legitimately four guys who, in any match, can go off for a hat trick. Like, yeah. it, it's. It's amazing. Um, our last question, again from at Blurms. Besides the Golden Boot winner, what will be the lasting impression of this World Cup? I don't want it to get sad, so we'll avoid that a lot of people are dying. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, did you see tonight, like a half, half hour before we started recording, uh, the Rio airport workers went on strike? Oh, my. Yeah, so that's a good thing. One of the stadiums uh, literally is not finished. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need those, though. <laughs> no, nah, not at all. <laughs> the field and goals. I, I think regardless, I, I think Brazil will win, but I do see your case for Argentina, and I think 
either of those two win, and it's going to be Neymar or Messi's ascendancy into legend status in their in their respective countries. And yeah, for Messi, I think it would be throughout the world and in soccer history. Cameron? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, does does he want a Golden Boot winner? Um, it, I, I can throw some. I can throw that out there. Yeah, if you want to say like I think so and so with a Golden Boot, by all means, go for it. I, uh, I, I, I'm going to stand by Brazil scoring the most goals from last question, but I am going to say I think Messi gets the golden boot. Um, that said, I think my lasting impression of the World Cup, and yeah, I'm going to be that guy, uh, is going to be the awful infrastructure, the, the just blatant corruption, and probably going to be a lot of dead people. I, I, I don't... I, there's definitely a better way to say this, but perhaps the bad infrastructure and all the problems with this World Cup could be sp- spun into a positive if it gets people going, hey, listen, we have to start having World Cups in more developed countries that are used to this. I mean, the, the stadium in Manalis, it's being used for three matches, and then it's never being used for anything again. So maybe there could be a positive out of that. But, I certainly hope so. I think that we're going to have one or two like lasting impressions of this. One is either going to be Messi, if Argentina wins it like I think they will, it's going to be Messi truly cementing his place, one, as the best player in the world, two, as perhaps the greatest player of all time, which is a, a huge debate that we can't shouldn't even get into, but the, the potential for the argument to be reinforced is there since guys like Pele and Maradona have World Cups. Or and three for Messi to finally earn the love and support of Argentines, since he is kind of viewed as someone who turned his back on the country to go to Barcelona, to go to Spain, and to have a rise to greatness there, as opposed to people who rose to greatness through the youth ranks in Argentina. Uh, the other big takeaway I think we're going to have is this is the end of Spain's run of dominance and. That may be an understatement for how amazing Spain has been as for the past, since 2008, this has, you can make the case very easily that the last six years of the Spanish national team have been the best six years of any team ever in the history of mankind. So, but I think this is the year that they fall off. That <laughs> that's, that's the whole statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> well, here's the thing: it's between that or like the like the let's whip each other with whips like teams that they had during Jesus's time. That I know that's like incredibly offensive, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm not even sure what we're talking about at this point. <laughs> Never mind. Whatever. But seriously, this. <laughs> this is an all-time amazing Spain club, and it's going to be really sad to see them finally knocked off. But if they somehow win it, my God, four straight major tournaments, yeah. I, that, that would be beyond remarkable. Uh, one quick plug, make sure everyone joins uh, our ESPN group pick'em. Uh, I know, I'll tweet out the link later for it, the Worldcraft Lust pick'em. I need to get the word lust in them if you aren't sure if it's us somehow. The group motto is, we're sorry. Uh, there's, there's probably not going to be a prize, but if someone that we like wins it, maybe we'll, like, we'll, we'll all, like, draw on a card and send it to them. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah that'd be pretty good. That, that would be the most half-assed thing of all time, but I don't know what fits us 
Um, so that's it. Uh, we're all very excited. World Cup kicks off. I, if this is up Thursday, kicks off today. So happy soccer, everybody. Uh, guys, any f- farting thoughts? Did you just say farting thoughts? Farting thoughts. <laughs> I pulled the Jerry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is uh, this is an exciting time. Obviously, uh, you probably wouldn't be listening to this if you either a don't like soccer or b don't like us enough to put up with our shit. Um, so you're probably gonna watch the World Cup games just to have just to have something to talk about on Twitter, and that's fine. That's awesome. That I anybody that hasn't watched a soccer game before take. Take two hours out of your day and watch one of these in the next coming days. If you want somebody to talk to about them, we're all more than happy to. Um, Soccer is a really awesome sport, and hopefully this is a really awesome World Cup, and hopefully I am completely wrong about the U.S. national team. Absolutely. Basically what he said. Yes, uh, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Um, Maybe we'll do one of these um, after the... Probably not after every U.S match, but hopefully after group play we can get one of these together. Maybe we'll get another one of these together. Um, Definitely after the tournament, I think we'll all want to throw one up. But seriously, thank you very much for listening. We all really appreciate the support. We all really appreciate the love. We hope that you not only got some, some laughs out of this, got something informative out of this, and we really hope that you enjoy the World Cup and you love it because this only comes around once every four years, and it is more than worth the four-year wait. Uh, for my counterparts, for Cameron Victor, for Jacob Price, I am Bill Filippo. Thank you very much for listening. Go America.